grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ and welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Welcome to those of you worshiping at home. Welcome to those of you worshiping here in the pews. Welcome to those of you who are visitors here with us this morning. Welcome to those of you who have been longtime members. It is a joy to worship with all of you this day. If you are here in the sanctuary this morning, you will find a red friendship folder in your pew. I will invite you to fill it out and share it with one another in your, uh, in your pew, so that way we can get a chance to follow up with you after worship. And especially if you are uh, new here with us this morning, we hope you will fill out that information so we can follow up with you after the service. I also hope that you will take time to read through the announcements in our bulletin this morning. And I wanted to make sure you were aware that after today's service, we will have a youth admission car wash and bake sale. Every summer, our youth participate in a mission trip to West Virginia. And these fundraisers are a great way for us to support our young people in their ministry. The youth committee hopes you will bring your car and a sweet tooth and, give, and we give thanks for the support and generosity of the young people in our church. Beloved church, we come to this place to pause. We come to pray. We come to sing. We come to let our souls heal from its work in the world. We are told this is a place where we can sing songs of praise and glory. We are told this is a place where the bowed down will be liberated from the weight of the world. We are told that this is a place where those who are weary and carrying heavy burdens will indeed find rest. So let us walk in the sanctuary of the Spirit as it restores us with every breath. Let us worship God together. Please stand as you are able and join us in our responsive call to worship. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. From the Spirit, we inherit patience, kindness, and generosity. Out of the Spirit blossoms faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we live by the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. Let us worship God together. Please continue to stand and join us in singing hymn number 684, Faith Begins by Letting Go.
blinded by our temptations, which can cause us to sin. May our confession today give us clarity of mind and fortitude of purpose to do as God leads us, and that is to live to love. Let us pray our prayer confession as found in our bulletin. God of mercy, we confess that we too, to yearnings of the flesh, we seize prized possessions, we idolize our we harbor jealousies and are quick to anger, we neglect to take care of others and gratify our own desires. Forgive us, O God, and guide us to the way of your spirit. Lead us toward your love, joy, and peace. Send us your spirit to engender patience, kindness, and generosity, and help us to be gentle in our care for all your people. Siblings in Christ, we are called to freedom. Amidst thunderous storms and rocky waters, God reaches out to us in love. So let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. of repentance we are reconciled with God so be at peace and let us share that peace of God with one another using American sign language as we have done the peace of Christ be with you all and our response is and so also with you so peace of Christ be with you all pass the peace As we seek to hear God's word read and proclaimed this day, let us prepare our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. God, whose breath creates, sustains, and resurrects, connect us to your spirit. Through your word read and proclaimed, 
guide your eyes to the fruit that bears from your eternal tree planted among us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our first scripture reading comes from Psalm 16. Please join together in our responsive reading of the psalm as it is found in your bulletin. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. And for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble in whom all, all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood. I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because the Lord is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is a fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. I would like to invite our young friends forward, if they may. Anyone want to come forward? Ah, we have some. Welcome. Good morning. Come up and have a seat. Glad to see you this morning. I've got a few things in a bag I want to show you. One is this. What is that? Apple. Yeah, you all know that. Got something else here. What is this? A banana. That's right. Looks yummy. Yeah, maybe I'll keep that for lunch. It'll be good and yummy again. What are those things? Fruit. Where do fruits come from? Trees. I thought first you were going to say they come from the store, but they come from trees. And they, and uh, do you have a favorite fruit? Do you ever pick fruit from a tree? Every night you have fruit. Good. If you were a tree, what kind of fruit would you like growing from you? Apple. You like to be an apple tree. You'd like to be a banana. Good. Yeah, we have our favorite fruits and they grow on trees. But you know, that's kind of a silly question because, you know, fruits can't grow on trees. We don't go around, you know, having apples stuck on our arms, do we? 
we can't grow there. And, and a tree stands outside all year long. That's not a great life, maybe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You have tree limbs, and they grow up, and the leaves fall off, and then they come back, and then you have fruit. But people don't grow fruit. Can we? Yes. We can grow fruit. What, what do you, how, how can we grow fruit? Seeds, yes, we can, grow, we can grow fruit using seeds. If we were farmers or orchard keepers, we could do that. But they don't grow on us. But the Bible tells us, talks about fruits of the Spirit. And that God wants us to be like trees and have things grow within us that are good for everyone. And the things that is talked about are things we've already mentioned in our worship. Love, peace. Do you know what love is? You think we can grow love? We can grow love in our heart. We can grow love. You know, the bigger our arms are, we can hug someone and we can share love. And the other fruits were peace, gentleness. Do you know what it means to be gentle? Yeah. Yes, you know what it means to be gentle. So those things are important to us, that we, even though we can't grow bananas and apples from our arms, we can grow love, we can grow peace, we can grow gentleness, and we can be God's people. Very important in that kind of way. Even though we don't grow apples on our arms, we can grow love. So I've got something for you. I've got a little got a little picture here and on the back of it it has some of those fruits that God meant, that are mentioned in the Bible. There's a cherry. I love cherries. You love cherries? Here is a cherry for you. We got a banana, which is like a pear. How about some grapes? And on the back it says it might say peace, kindness, and you can talk about those things with your families. So let us pause for, let's have a prayer together. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for fruit and fruit trees. Thank you, God, for fruit and fruit trees. And thank you for the fruits of the Spirit. Thank you for the fruits of the Help us to become more loving and peaceful. And help us to grow and live in the way you want us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, thank you for coming. Now you can go back to your seat with your family or you can go to the nursery. Our second scripture reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. The grass wither and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first time for young disciples that I remember since being called to this church was a blessing of backpacks. It must have been mid to late August. Rachel invited the children to come forward and sit with her at the front steps in the center chancel. She pulled out this neon green piece of paper. I remember little eyes being transfixed on what she held in her hand, probably because it was neon green. But Rachel took advantage of their attention to share the prayer that was written on the cardstock. Spirit in. Self out. Whew. Rachel invited the young disciples to place this prayer in their backpacks so that no matter where the new school year would take them, they would be able to remember God's presence was always with them. Spirit in, self out. Well, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Maybe it was because I was still green behind my ears, or that I'm a sucker for anything contemplative, but I picked up one of those extra printed prayers and took it back to my office. I repeated the words, spirit in, self out. And again, I felt that same sense of calm and peace and rootedness that I felt when Rachel first shared that prayer with the young disciples. Even though it was small and it seemed insignificant, I couldn't help but acknowledge that subtle change I felt in this prayer. My body filled with breath, the invitation to witness the spirit within, and the exhaling of all my worries and self-centered pursuits. Just for a moment, I was centered in the spirit and aware that the spirit can actually bear fruit. So quickly, my eyes darted around my office, trying to find a resting place for this piece of paper that seemed to hold some semblance of power. A light bulb must have struck above my head as I looked at my work bag. Of course, I thought, this would be perfect. What better place to keep this prayer than my work bag? I take it with me every day. It comes with me wherever I go, and I can always pull out the prayer when I need a reminder of the Spirit's presence. Well, I do not know if your personal bag is like mine, but my work bag is where good intentions go to die. There are just too many things in my bag to pull my attention away. 
For the first couple of weeks after placing the prayer in its pocket, I would see this sliver of its neon green existence while I pulled out my pens and pencils. And I was grateful for the memory. Sometimes I even felt a little calm breath leap in my heart. But after a while, I forgot that the prayer was even there. There wasn't enough time to stop and breathe in the spirit when I had to pull out my laptop and check my emails. There, was mo there were more important things to do as I quickly snatched my calendar to write down important dates and plan programs. I stuffed my bag full of books that would help me find clear solutions to the world's problems. All the while, this prayer was pushed deeper and deeper to the bottom of my bag. And the fruit of the spirit that I once knew was forgotten. The Galatians have forgotten the fruit of the spirit. Or at least that is what Paul thinks in our text for today. Paul had already been to Galatia before he wrote this letter. When Paul was there the first time, he spread the good news of Jesus Christ. People were baptized, the Spirit's presence was known, and the community experienced a change for the better. But then Paul left. He had to leave. He went on to preach and teach in other communities throughout Rome. And just as Paul's footprints were swept away from the road out of town, new people tried to fill his shoes. Visitors came from different places and preached a different kind of gospel. These rivals to Paul were, they believed in Jesus, but they also put their trust in something different than the Spirit. They had an itemized list, you could say, of what a community needed to do in order to receive God's love and grace. The list included followed the list included following a particular calendar. The list included eating certain foods. The list included getting circumcised. And for Paul's rivals, the faith in God was found in a ready-made checklist. It was clear. It was tangible. But for Paul, it wasn't the spirit. Paul knew his people. He knew the Galatians. He knew that when they would gather for worship on the outskirts of town or huddle in a small house church, the Galatians wanted to feel the power of the Spirit every moment of the day. He remembered the Galatians recounting their memories of the Spirit's presence when it felt so real those thin spaces when it was coursing through their veins, and how in those moments nothing else seemed more important than the peace and presence of God. But Paul also knew the reality in which the Galatians lived, that many of them would know disappointment and pain, that they would feel the weight of the world, that they would know the doubt of the Spirit's presence and the influence that it could have on the world. So when these new preachers would walk into town and give the Galatians their checklist 
of what to do to make sure they would be loved and saved by God. Paul knew that the Galatians would eat that up. He knew that they would become distracted and pulled by a power that they could quantify, that they could measure, that they could value, but that in the end would never be as transformational as the Spirit. So as the Galatians sat there in their humbling gathering place for worship, having heard a familiar sermon by the new preachers of what to do and how to do it, someone came rushing in with a letter from Paul. And immediately, we as the readers are swept on a metaphorical stage of an apostolic debate. Like any well-run mock trial, there are parameters in place. The debaters being Paul and his rivals, the jury being the Galatians, and the question at hand is if the Spirit dwells among the church in Galatia. The bell rings, and Paul's rivals have the opening statements. They mention God's covenant with Israel and the law that proves God's favor. But Paul argues back that it was Abraham's faith, not his actions, that established the covenant with God. Then he tries to remind the Galatians what he said when he first approached them in their community about the grace of Christ that is received through the cross. And the voice of Paul's rivals piped back with a low blow. Well, you left Galatia, Paul. How would you know if the Spirit is present here anymore? Paul doesn't even have to be there in order, to know, in order to know the deflated look in the Galatians' eyes, the fear and doubt creeping in their hearts. He knows it is hard to believe in a spirit that is invisible, even though it is powerful. So Paul responds with his own Spirit in, self out. Do you remember, Paul says, love, joy, and peace? Do you remember when you witnessed patience and generosity and kindness? Where were you when you knew faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? I know you will want to gravitate to pieces of God that you can control, Galatians. But do you remember the changes you felt when you first let go and let the Spirit take care of you? That Spirit that was there when I first baptized you. The spirit that was there when we broke bread together. The spirit that was there when we marveled at the stars. When we cried. When we were patient and loving with one another. That spirit. That is blossoming of transformation itself. That spirit when it 
is the nucleus of any community, can move mountains. It can resurrect from the dead. It can bear fruit a hundredfold. Then Paul left the metaphorical debate stage and let the Galatians render their verdict. One of the most beautiful, beneficial, and sacred spiritual disciplines I have incorporated into my life is the discipline of watching the sunrise. For those of you that know me, you know this is not my quote because I'm not a morning person. But this is a line from pastor and author Mark Charles in his book that he wrote with Soong Chong Ra called Unsettling Truths. Mark Charles is a pastor and speaker of Navajo and Dutch descent. In their book together, Charles writes about how he navigates the dual worlds of being a Christian and a Native American. And he recounts the power of witnessing the sunrise over many years worth of time. He writes that it is one thing to watch the sunrise a couple times of year, And it is another thing altogether to intentionally rise five or six mornings a week and to be in posture of prayer while watching the sun come up over the horizon. When you do this, you notice something different. Yes, it is beautiful, peaceful, and often breathtaking. But when you do it day after day, week after week, month after month, and eventually year after year, Something else happens. Subtle changes become glaring. Creator is not a far-off and distant God. Creator is an amazing artist with a personality, an eye for beauty, and even a sense of humor. Every morning is a carefully orchestrated production, complete with musical score. But the score, the production, is not a play or even a musical. The production is an act of creation, of a piece of art. The production is the privilege of watching the artist painting the picture, shaping the vase, and arranging the score. But the biggest benefit from this discipline of watching the sunrise, Charles writes, has come not from enjoying the beauty or even from experiencing the seasons, but from an understanding much deeper in my soul. This understanding did not occur after one sunrise or even after 30. It began happening after months and years of watching the seasons pass, of observing the birds migrate, of feeling the temperatures rise and then fall. The longer I was privileged to see the masterful and artistic genius of Creator, and the longer I was blessed to be standing in the midst of grandeur of this masterpiece, the easier it became to acknowledge that neither I nor all of humankind was in control. Mark Charles. Paul, and even our familiar prayer, spirit in, 
itself out. All of these lay out an invitation before us. We carry around our own bags full of constant distraction. We are pulled in a society that wants us to cling to what we can control. Yet the Spirit calls us with a still and small voice deep within our soul. It is a call to breathe. To breathe in deeply the consistency and care of our God. It is a call to recognize the ways the Spirit is moving in and around us. It is a call to let go of what we cannot control. The worries and burdens and self-centered pursuits that weigh us down. And all the while we lay bare witness to what springs forth from the fertile ground that the Spirit is cultivating. A personal and communal transformation that would desperately be needed by this world. So remembering love, joy, and peace, witnessing patience, kindness, and generosity, knowing faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and whatever the Spirit bears fruit this day and forevermore, let it be so. Amen. Please rise as you're able, and let us sing hymn number 291, Spirit, Spirit of Gentleness.
Please join me as we affirm our faith through these words from our denomination's brief statement of faith. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all the believers in one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls people to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Please be seated. Let us come unto God in prayer. Let us pray. Except for your mercy, O God, none of us would be here this day. In your love and compassion, you have followed us into the deep places of our hearts and minds and roused us to pay attention. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that gathers us together and nourishes us to bear fruit in doing your will. Give us confidence to be your servant people. We are grateful this day for the word in Christ that makes us wise to our salvation. Thank you for your word of grace that calls us to renewed commitment to your church today and to the places where we are called. We ask your continued blessing on the General Assembly of our denomination as it meets and discerns your call. May that leadership be inspired by your spirit to bear fruit around the world. We pray for ourselves that we may be faithful channels of your grace 
in our communities, our homes, our families, and West Virginia, living for the sake of others in all our relationships. Gracious God, we give you thanks for summer's opportunities for time together. Parents and adult children, grandparents and children, friends and new acquaintances. May the simple things we do together produce joy and closer fellowship. We also ask, O oh God, that you be with families whose wells have run dry. Those who feel much like spectators. Be with families burdened with grief and brokenness or sickness and the anxieties that seem to be out of control. We pray for those who are sick and those who are sick to their souls. May the weak find strength. May the sick find health and the broken become whole. Dear God, we pray this day for all people who are either disquieted or jubilant by the recent actions of our Supreme Court. We are reminded of the words of Jesus who exhorts us to strive first for the kingdom of God. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred that infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love. And through our struggle and confusion, work to accomplish your purposes on earth. We pray that in your good time, all peoples will serve you in harmony. Help us in good days and bad, O oh God. Help us each day to turn to the fruits of the Spirit for strength and in all things turn to you in faith, hope, and love. In confidence of knowing our prayers are heard, we pray as Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our response to hearing the word is with the acts of giving prayers, but also offering up of our material possessions. So let us come before God and give of ourselves, 
Give to God in the same manner as God has enriched you. And as you have received generously from God, give with a generous hand. Will the ushers please come forward to receive today's tithes and offerings? We are gathered here this day, O oh God, to bless these gifts. And as we bless and receive them, O oh Lord, teach us the quiet rewards of Christian stewardship and the joys of serving a caring God. Give us faith to see that in your will we can find all that we need and more. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And I invite the youth forward and youth uh, uh, volu adult volunteers to come forward for our mission trip commissioning. Come on up to the center. Come on in. Come up. You can file on this way. That's good. If we are to trust the Spirit, we recognize that God is calling us to do God's work both near and far. From July 9th to the 16th, our youth and adult volunteers will seek to do God's work in Pipestem, West Virginia. With their hammers, they hope to build a better world. With their brushes, they will try to paint a, a bit more of a beautiful world that needs it. With their spirit, they will build deeper relationships that will change not only the community we seek to serve, but also ourselves. So today we recognize their significant task and commission them with the grace of God and the love of this church as they represent us in the world. Today we have a few questions of the participants and also of you, the congregation. And the participants also include Pastor Alex, who's going also. So to you, the participants and leaders. So friends, do you recognize the mission to which you have been called? That you are being sent forth by God unto the world to serve? If so, please say, we do. Will you work to demonstrate Christ's teachings by loving one another and by showing God's love with excitement and care, turning strangers into friends and friends into family? If this is your promise, please answer, we will with God's help. Do you commit yourselves to representing this church in support and care of, for one another through long days with patience, humility, and kindness? If so, please answer, we do. We do. And to the congregation, do you accept these people as those who are sent forth to extend our Christian love and concern for others? If so, please answer, we do. Will you continue to support them with your prayers during their adventure and with your interest upon their return, recognizing their special contribution to the work of God's kingdom and their mission as your own? If so, please answer, we will. As they go, we pray. We will pray for strength, peace, and patience, and kindness for the youth and mission team. And above all, we pray that God will use each and every one of you to show God's love. So now, please join me now in the commissioning prayer that is printed in your bulletin. And then I invite you to raise your hands as we bless these people on their way. Let us pray. We rejoice as we recognize you as representatives of our church and thank God for your dedication and your gift of service. 
We send you out with our prayers, our support, and our love. We pray God's blessing for you in the weeks to come and look forward to welcoming you home on your return. On behalf Amen. of the congregation, we thank you. We thank you for the giving of your time and talents on this trip. We pray that you may bless with safe travels as you go and that your work may bear much fruit in the spirit and kingdom of God. As you are able, please stand and join together in singing our final hymn, 733, We Are All One in Mission. Beloved Church, the invitation is before us. An invitation to a bake sale and car wash after the service, but more importantly, an invitation to bear witness to the fruit of the Spirit, a transformation that blossoms and has effects a hundredfold. So may we go with a changed heart to change our world. And as you go, may the peace of Jesus Christ go with you, wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. 
May he bring you home rejoicing once again to this community. And all God's people say, Amen. Thank you.